3: Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm
4: Steve, the garbage man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at GarbageManInc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor.
5: 931-540-0919.
9: Scalpel. Scalpel. Tweezers. Tweezers. Ham sandwich. Ham what? Sandwich. I was going to eat lunch when I got my oil changed earlier, but Take 5 is so fast I didn't have time.
10: But sir, you can't eat
9: during surgery. Eh, one bite won't hurt. Mm. Whoops. Napkin.
10: Napkin!
11: At Take 5, your oil changes faster than you think. Take 5, the stay in your car
7: 10 minute oil change.
6: Save-A-Lot Food, serving Columbia since 1994, is celebrating their grand reopening at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard with amazing deals, and you can even register for prizes. Open from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. seven days a week. Check out our weekly flyers for great deals on your favorite products. Save-A-Lot stores are 100% employee-owned and operated and proud to be local. Save-A-Lot Food Stores. Shop the dot. Save-A-Lot.
2: This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM, Columbia.
12: Around the goal line, this genius, this genius decides to take a timeout and then come out and kick a field goal. Now, i got to tell you something. I'm a degenerate. I met with a, a gal today who's thinking about marketing with us and she said, Tony, I'm a sports degenerate like you are. She said, I like when you use that term because that's what I am. So, kudos, kudos to her uh, Jennifer. But I'll tell you this you don't <laughs> once you call time out you're pot committed at that point. You can't come out and kick a field goal. First of all, you don't do that. You don't. You don't, because then once you do that, you've got an onside kick at the end of a game. Saban's over there going, "Man, it feels like forever since this guy was really worried about this guy and the, him hoarding talent." and M couldn't recruit enough talent to uh, overcome that idiot's coaching. Uh, let me help you out. They're never, ever, ever going to compete for anything as long as that guy's the head coach. After watching that Saturday. Alabama was terrible Saturday. Should have gotten beat. Couldn't run the ball. One penalty after another. And still won a game. Because they hit big plays. That's why they won. Vino, do you like this, guys? Uh, And I'll tell you what Alabama did. They found that DeBerry guy, which is a name Tennessee fans need to get to know. Because if Tennessee doesn't exploit That kid, and they put him out there in their secondary, if Tennessee doesn't exploit that kid, they're not paying attention. But, Bino, you tell me how you get to the end of a game like that, and these guys make huge money, and they have staffs on top of staffs on top of staffs, and nobody can say, Coach, you cannot do that. You can't go out there and kick a field goal now, Coach. You can't do that.
4: That's I,
13: I don't know, Tony. I, I have no idea, and you're exactly right. You, if you're gonna kick the field goal, kick the field goal. Don't use your time out. If you use your timeout, you absolutely have to go for a touchdown. Man. There's just no ifs, hands, or butt about it. Just, uh, I, I don't know if, if they surround themselves with people that are afraid to tell them these things or, or what, but, uh, but you're
12: right. Go back to our phones. Yeah. Well, How about this one, Bino? I don't know how gamblers do it week after week. Because that LSU-Missouri game would age me a thousand years if I had real money on it. Was Steve Wilkes in the second half, did he go back and coordinate Missouri's defense, or was I seeing things? Uh,
13: Just that, that pick fix. You talk about a bad beat for folks. Goodness gracious.
12: Their run fits in that second half well, were unbelievable. The over? Uh, Kamal hadn't thought the tackling in that thing was good. We we thought the over was a good bet. The over was the best bet of the weekend. John Adams nailed that. I, I think they covered that by the end of the, by the
8: beginning of the fourth quarter. That was that was over with.
12: Friday at Calhoun's on the River, John Adams admirably filling Bino's shoes said, I'll tell you what, about that that game, that over is the easiest play on the... I think it was like in the mid-50s. He said that game would be played in the 70s easy. And I'll tell you something about this Daniels guy who I was a, a decrier of earlier in the year. But I might be wrong, but unlike Matt Dixon, I don't stay wrong in my points, unlike him. That guy, if you're going to win on the road in this league... You better have a quarterback that can make some plays. The Melrose guy, for everything he does wrong, and he's not great, like Brian said, they hit a bunch of big plays, a bunch of big ones over the weekend. You need that from your quarterback. That's why we're very interesting here being started down the stretch. One way or the other, the Vols are going to be very interesting because the quarterback's got to play in these road games.
13: Yeah, they do, Tony, and, and what, whatever we do, somehow uh, we've, we've got to uh, we've got to make sure we protect Joe and that he gets the ball out quick because that's the way Texas A&M is going to beat you. Yep. They're going to beat you. They're going to beat you. they forcing us into things that we we don't want to do. Uh, it's second straight year, Tony, I've been to Tunico in uh, – when Milrow big plays for the difference in a game. You know, I think they were playing Arkansas last year when we were down here when he had that huge game when Young was hurt. Uh, So, you know, he's he's capable of beating people. That LSU secondary, I don't believe the Chinese bandits are going to be inviting them to any of their reunions anytime soon. They're, They're
12: dreadful. Tackling is optional. In that game, Bino. There was more guys, like, bumping into each other. Look at flag football out there. Both teams. That Missouri bunch scares me. Like, Brian has a great line about uh, Kentucky. Kentucky's playing Georgia-style of football with inferior athletes. That's never going to work. So, that, that just that just renews your faith in the order of the world we live in to see Georgia go down there and just get Georgia just absolutely put it on Kentucky. And Matt made a good point about that, too, which is when Georgia circles you and decides they're going to take you seriously as an SEC opponent, as the old commercial, as the old cartoons used to go, it's acquaintance for you, Muggsy, acquaintance, coitins. coitins for you. Because when they take you seriously, and you're in their building, you're going to get run over.
14: I didn't get much try over the weekend, but I got that one right.
12: Yeah, it's a hard weekend, man. That was a, that was a tough, tough weekend of football to kind of get a feel for. A lot of crazy stuff happened. And you know, Stoops is fighting with his quarterback about you got to hit those guys when they're open. Oh yeah, so well that's that kid something to watch going forward. That Leary kid is just this is not, not very good, Bino. I, There's no need to be afraid of that game. No, from a Tennessee perspective, no, they're afraid of Tennessee. Why would you be afraid of that game? Missouri's, there's no way. Missouri's Tennessee's a game that concerns me, guys. Yeah. Missouri concerns me. Missouri's passing game concerns me. And their defense doesn't? No. Well, we'll go to the phones. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. All eyes point to this A game. If Jimbo Fisher wasn't the head coach, I think I think A and M's gonna come in here and smack us. But he is. That's such an advantage at coaching. Such an advantage. Such an edge. By the way, uh, Kentucky's gonna be the second best team in their state pretty soon. Louisville's on the rise. Somebody called that on Friday show. There's somebody on Friday show. Some it was. Uh, Hughie said, "Hey, watch that thing." On no, it was one of our callers. They said, "Watch that deal, at Louisville on a on a on a night game." And Notre Dame's in the middle of a really crazy stretch. Notre Dame has USC this weekend. Notre Dame's playing people this year. I don't think the schedule looked that way at the beginning of the season. Because Duke wasn't supposed to be what they are. But you knew Notre Dame's check was going to come due after what happened with Duke the week before. To the phones we go. Yeah, it is tough because they went all in on the quarterback. And they're not
8: going to make a playoff, it looks like.
12: Back to the phones we go. 865-200-5402. The day was so crazy that USC needed three overtimes with Arizona. Nobody saw that coming. Let's go to the phones. And we'll get our first call in. Good morning on a or good day on a Monday.
15: Hey Tony, Josh you Boy. Wings. Tony, uh that was me who uh, called that upset Volvo
12: over Notre Boom. Game. Good job by you. You need you ought to be on winners and losers.
15: Well, there's a panelist Bino, or two you can Bino, bump. It. I wanna I wanna apologize to you, Bino. I'm sorry, uh, for Joshy giving boy. you a loser, Saturday. Joshie Boy, you've given me three out of four. You don't ever apologize for seventy five percent, big boy.
12: What was the loser, Joshie Boy?
15: I gave him uh Texas A and M plus two and a half.
12: That uh, that looked like a solid play to me. Yeah.
15: Tony uh I'm already going to tell you the Phillies are going to win game two tonight. against. Oh, that's
12: really wonderful. Why?
15: I would trust uh, Zach Wheeler more
12: than Max Freed. Well, I mean, Wheeler does have more of a body of work. Wheeler's pitching best baseball probably of his career right now. Braves are a 100-win baseball team, brother. It doesn't happen overnight.
15: And uh, I saw where most of the world tonight is gonna—they're betting the Braves. I saw on Twitter. And oh, I—I
12: I would think so. Sure, this is a this is a do or die game for the Braves. Yeah, it is. But uh, young Anthony will be in attendance tonight, representing yep. the Phillies. Wow, that's fantastic. Yep.
15: So Tony, you still think this series is going to go five games?
12: Yes and you guys are going to win it.
15: You know, uh it's hard to win up there in Philly. As the Astros were the only team to do it last year in the playoff.
12: It's nearly impossible to win up there in Philly as a road yeah. team. If you, if if the Braves don't get tonight's game, they ought to just not make the trip cuz they have zero chance at that point.
15: Yeah, I agree with that. Time. One and but, one,
12: uh, one and one, they could they could steal a game. The problem the Braves have one, though, one, yeah. The problem the Braves have is they're going to go to a bullpen game, it looks like, in game three. and yeah, I don't know be, that you uh, can navigate with just two pitchers in the postseason. I don't know that you can be, do that.
15: they uh, their meatball guy, Elder, pitching game yep. three. Oh,
12: meatball, yeah. Elder.
15: But, uh looking at this Texas A&M game, yep. what do you think about the spread right now? It's Tennessee minus three.
12: That's the number we thought it would be. Um, We said last week it would toggle between three and four uh, as an opener. And um, I'll be curious to see which way that line goes as the week wears on. Bino, what's your – Bino's pretty good at this. What's your inkling, Bino, as to where that number goes during the week when the Sharpies get involved?
13: I think it will come down under the field goal.
15: I think if you want to bet Tennessee, you you wait. Wait for it to get to two
12: and a half, you know. Yeah. Maybe one and a half before it's over. I I think people will overreact to the fact that Tennessee's got a bye week and A&M's coming off a tough loss. Yep. Has Heupel ever lost after a bye week? I don't think he has, has he? Heupel undefeated I, after bye weeks. I think he's undefeated, Tony. Mm-hmm.
15: But uh, I can really see this game Saturday, Tony. Like, Tennessee beating A&M by about 14 or so. If Tennessee comes out, plays in A&M, just doesn't want to be there, like, physically and mentally, I think I could see this game getting out of hand.
12: Now... I want to know how big of a loss is Brew McCoy. Yeah, that's true, Brian. But, you know, Hypo lost Tillman for a big part last year, and he had Hyatt. Who is going to step up? Do you see a Hyatt on this team? No, he's not. No. In fact, uh, Squirrel White doesn't even have a touchdown pass uh, reception to this point in the season. Tony, Which doesn't uh, seem like that could be possible. Bino. does that seem possible to you, that that guy doesn't have a touchdown catch so far this year? Uh,
13: no, Tony, you would have thought that he would take over uh, Hyatt's role. Of course, no one's going to match what Hyatt did last year. And off winter, but, uh, I mean, he's a for winner, but I am stunned that he doesn't
12: have a touchdown. It's wild. Go ahead, Josh, you boy, sorry.
15: Tony, Saturday, could we possibly see a D. Williams siding on offense Saturday.
12: I would think they're gonna have something cooked up, yeah. Something with somebody somewhere along the line.
15: But uh I agree with what you said earlier, Tone. I think Tennessee has a huge advantage in the head coach and department Saturday.
12: Well Jimbo Fisher hadn't won a road game in two years, if that means anything to you. Oh dang, he hasn't? No. Wow! And they got absolutely no smoked time. like a joint cigarette at Miami, uh, where Van Dyke threw for about 600 yards on him. And uh, according to our guy Robert Cessna, last week could have thrown for a thousand. Wow! But uh, what happens tonight, Joshua? boy? That's what I want to know. Six o'clock first pitch Eastern time.
15: Uh, Braves win. Five to, five to five four.
12: You just told me the Braves are gonna lose, John you're what are you? You're the hey John I'm trying What are you, I'm the damn Jimbo to, Fisher of Callers? You're on I'm all sides to, of all
16: issues here? I'm trying I'm trying to stay confident, Tony.
12: Now take, uh, take your confidence what, somewhere else, but, uh, big boy. You're out of no, here. Don't don't no, do no. hey hey hey. Don't hey, do that to hey. me. Don't do that to me. Tony. Don't I'm, do that to me. Don't hey don't do that to you can't turn a trick in midstream. I think it says, man. Actually, Joshie, boy, I was up against it. We'll get some more calls in on the other side. Love you, Joshie, boy.
17: This is Terry Wilcox, A.K.A. the Chicken Man, A.K.A. T. Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM, W.K.O.M. Columbia, Tennessee.
2: Alert! Alert!
17: It is that time of day. I got our favorite grocer on the line. Miles Johnson, how are you doing today?
10: Oh, I'm doing fantastic. How are you?
17: I'm doing great, buddy. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. You always have some amazing deals. So what do you got for us this week coming up?
10: Well, this week we have New York strip steaks, five ninety-nine a pound, assorted pork chops, $1.79 a pound, green cabbage, fifty-nine cents a pound, Niagara twenty-four pack water, three for ten, and Coca-Cola six packs, three for ten. But I also wanted to mention we have our truckload sale October twelfth to the fourteenth. But I'll go into those details next week when I talk to you guys. But I just wanted to put that out there.
17: Oh man, fantastic. Thank you. And we appreciate you giving us a little heads up there. And again, you guys are located right there in West Seventh. You're open seven days a week. Your hours are seven a.m. till 9 p.m. got a great stock of uh, stuff in there the great specials fantastic staff and uh, and as always miles we appreciate you talking to us and i'll call you again next week and we'll find out about that truckload sale all righty
3: thank you
17: thank you miles have a good day
3: jim ross and you are listening to front porch radio wkom 101.7 located in columbia tennessee
12: as we welcome you back on your chill show, we're going to hang out with uh, Josh Heipel next hour and hear his uh, offering on Monday. It's AM week Monday. It's uh, absolutely a special time to be alive and well. We'll be at Calhoun's on the river on Friday. That'll be a special time to be alive and well. And be Jeff Henderson, I haven't mentioned it. I don't know, 40 or so minutes into this thing. But how about them Cowboys? Ooh, wait, Tony. With,
13: with apologies to my buddies, Philadelphia and Brockie. Uh those are the Dallas Aggies.
12: They're the A&M of the NFL. Ooh, the Dallas Aggies. That's going to go on the blog. Going to make a note of that. Dallas Aggies. <laughs> that is so good. Did you see where somebody put out an SEC as an NFL counterpart that I sent you the other day? No. It had the uh, Steelers and Tennessee as being sort of comparable. Ew, I, well, I love that. I, I'd like to have their five world championships, but. I but think yeah. before you could say that the, chief, the
16: Kansas City Chiefs, before they started getting Mahomes and winning all the time, could have been a good com- comparison.
12: Might be the Eagles. One world championship to one world championship. Great fan bases. That would be a good one. Very cool uniforms. Fun, historical players. We share Reggie White down through the years. How about them Cowboys? It's so true, Bino, you know what you say about the Aggies because the Cowboys just find a way. So last night, that's a funny story. Last night, Anthony's here, and uh, I raised him well. In my household, you had several rules. You don't cheer for Kentucky basketball. You don't cheer for the Dallas Cowboys. And my daughter will give you these. You don't cheer for Duke basketball. Several rules. Anyway. I said to him last night, you know, we really need the Cowboys to win this game tonight because we're looking to get this number one seed overall on this deal, and we don't want to go out there to San Francisco for the NFC Championship game. He goes, Dad, you can cheer for them if you want. I'll, I'll never cheer for the Cowboys. And I thought to myself, that's some excellent parenting right there, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't tell him. I had forgotten my role, Bino. Because, you know, they say there are exceptions to all rules, you know? Yep. Let's go back to our phones. The Dallas Aggies, as dubbed by Bino. Boy, I bet it felt like 98 degrees in their locker room. They weren't exactly in sync. They're no longer the new kids on the block. That game was over in Uno Menudo. Last night, you know. Uno Menudo. Yep. No drama. They suck. I'll tell you what. I think the 49ers have the best team in the NFL, Ewens. I think they're heads and shoulders better than the Eagles.
13: It's one of those two, Tony, and I would agree with you. Right now, I think the 49ers are are the best team.
12: They're world. Eagles are okay. They're world-class. I feel like an Alabama fan in the NFC East right now. The Giants are an absolute mess. That division's a mess, man. The Redskins are a mess. I feel sorry for the Cowboys. The Niners have a quarterback that wasn't great in college at all. He was okay. I don't know if he's a great pro either. When you have that much talent around you, who cares? But he's, he's in the right place at the right time with the right team. Yep. Wish Josh Dobbs would get an opportunity like that. Josh Dobbs has been put on a team, built to lose, and he, he's, he is balling out right now. Good for him. Good for him. And Sean Payton, you know, you, you might ought to refrain next time from commenting on the guy whose job you took. Is that ain't looking too good right now? there, big boy, big boy. How
13: stupid was that? And what would? Why did he do it in the first place?
12: You don't do it. It's like an unspoken rule. It's kind of like Spencer Strider going after the pitching coach here tonight in the dugout. Those are things you just don't do. You don't. You don't have. Why are you going the, after the pitching uh, coach know? in front of the cameras? You don't have this. You don't have the Saints talent around you like you used to. Either. Why are you going after the pitching coach in front of the cameras? No, no, bueno. As we say in the Travis it's just not good. You gonna do that behind closed doors? Go do it behind closed doors all day long. You don't do that in front. Of, I mean, come on, cameras are all on you now. Let's get our next call in. Hello, and welcome.
6: Good
21: morning, Tony. How you doing? Yo. Uh, uh now, I have to congratulate you, buddy. You beat me.
12: You didn't play,
13: I appreciate that, but you—you hadn't had to do that much, I, I believe. I believe the Titans have beat the Colts five straight and six wow. out of
12: seven. Wow!
21: So It's—it's been a Are long time kidding? coming.
12: That's horrendous.
21: Well, uh, well, well. I'll tell—I'll ta- tell you something now. Would not be a bit surprised. When they go into Great Britain when they play, you know, the the Ravens, they could easily be two and four.
12: Bill, you guys have lost like twelve how many wins do you have? Twelve you have two wins, right, on the year two and three?
21: Yeah, yeah, but both of those wins were in, were in the
12: Music City. You've lost 12 of your last 15 football games. Of course that's going to be your record when you go there.
21: And I believe we're 0-2 in Great Britain.
12: Well, the, London, the country only Brian's London Fog know how to win over there. The Fog Jags the, know how to do it, man.
21: In the country where they call an, an attorney a solicitor... And where they would call a gar a garage a garage and where they would pronounce banana banana and where they would pronounce tomato tomato.
12: I that's news to me Titans, but I didn't know they call it a uh, why do they say garage? A garage. a garage. A garage. A garage. A garage. Garage. Hey, by the way, um
21: I learned that by, by watching them um them um uh poli- them uh, Police drama out of Great Britain, Tony.
12: Hey, Bill. How do yes, they sir. How do they say you're out of here? I don't know. Take a shot at it.
21: Okay, I'm out of here.
12: <laughs> what would you do in a British accent? <laughs> oh, man, two callers have met a similar fate so far. On the TLD Logistics hotline, where Bino awaits as he's in transit, he apologizes for the fidelity, but you know what I say to Bino: a little bit of Bino with uh, a fidelity. But he sounds good. But you know, a little bit of Bino, even on the phone, goes a long way because he gave us a golden nugget like the Dallas Aggies. I wanted Titans, but a go. How would you say it in uh, British accent, Bry? How would you say you're out of here? Tally ho! Let's go back. You're out comments. of here. Yeah, I, I, uh, cockney. This is my territory. Cockney. By the way, you hey, guys tree. played in um, Hotspur Stadium yesterday, huh? I thought they played those games in Wembley, Bry. They They've been playing some at, at Wembley and some at Tottenham Stadium. Nice. So, yeah, they played in two different stadiums. They're They're two and zero in England, and they're zero and two in Jacksonville. Go figure. Well, that's your, that's your home field. You're going to move to London eventually. You're going to be the first international team. Are you still going to follow them, Brian, when they go across the pond, or are you going to divest of them? Because well, I didn't get to go see I, the them. The way, a way bunch.
5: they're doing what
12: they're, all the all the what they're doing to their stadium at home, I don't think they're going to be moving to London when they're going to do all that to their stadium. The fog. Hello and welcome <laughs> yeah. into our next call.
22: Hey, Tony. It's the Kai from Jackson View.
12: What's up? That's my man right there. See, he knows about it. Are
22: you a Jags fan, Zakai? Uh no, I wasn't gonna uh, give myself any health issues being the Tennessee and the Jaguars.
12: <laughs> <laughs> that's a great line, man. That is a great. That's like asking asking for an ulcer.
22: That's a great line. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I wasn't
12: gonna.
22: Yeah, I wasn't gonna have those problems by the eight to twelve. Right on. But um, I wanted to. uh, uh I, I actually I didn't get a chance to really watch the out and Alabama game. I've been working all weekend. But uh, last week, um, I had, uh, I had uh, asked you like what type of, I, mean, I I told you I want the type of game I wanted it to be. Can you give me a little like a recap of what type of game it was like physical wise?
12: Um, it wasn't as physical as I would have thought that it was going to be. Simply because neither team could really run the ball uh, mm-hmm. with any consistency at all. So both teams threw the ball a bunch. It paled in comparison to that Red River game. It wasn't even close to the intensity level of the Red River game. Do you agree, Bean Star?
13: Uh, I, yeah, I, I think that that uh, the physical nature of the Red River rivalry was uh, pegged to meter. I mean, it, it's
12: one of those games that was up there at the very top. And the m Alabama game wasn't what you'd call, it wasn't a tremendously physical football game, I didn't think.
22: Well, yeah, that's what people, people I just heard in the message board. Now, people are still concerned about their D line versus our O line. Oh,
12: man, you should be.
22: Because they, they seem like they were getting back there to Miro, but just hit Miro's legs. was what kept them in the game. That's what I'm worried about as far as Joe Milton because. If Joe Milton is getting rushed by the lineman and he already can't really process, I guess, the field as it is, but when you got them people coming at you like that as fast as they are, are you going to be able to use your legs and escape and they'd be able to throw in a run against them? Because that seems like that's what they would have beat them.
12: If Tennessee didn't have Cooper Mays this week, they would get blowed. Even with Jimbo Fisher over there, they get blowed off the field. It's huge that he's out there. Because this team would swallow them without him. They would swallow uh, our our quarterback. They, they'd forced two or three turnovers uh, without Mays there to kind of calm things down.
22: Well, yeah. I mean, that's all I wanted to say today. I also wanted to tell you, now, I did look up that Isaac Hayes man. How great is I, that, I dude? I don't think my voice is as, uh, as fantastic. You're as getting easy. there. Hey,
12: you're getting there, Sakai. <laughs> Brother, you're yeah, getting yeah. there.
22: Uh, I, I appreciate the, the compliment. Hey, have a Dwight Gooden. Yeah, you will.
12: I don't throw that around. kid's 18 years old. I would literally take my little toe and cut it right off to sound like that young man. Let's go back to the phones. That kid's got some pipes, as we say in the trade. You, ma- hey, hey, you imagine, uh, Brian, this game without Cade Mays at center, or Cooper Mays rather, at center? What that thing would look like? Yeah, it, um, they couldn't have any. They didn't do much with Florida with him. It's without him, oh, so no, I can they imagine get... what they what would happen this oh, week. My they my gosh. Have That's a little concern. Be now as we go along this week. Something I'm going to ponder is Joe Milton in this football game and how he handles it. This is where being in your building should really help him, I would think.
13: You know, I don't think you can underestimate how important it is that, that Joe be right in this game. I, I think he's going to have to play as well as he's played the entire time he's been here. Uh to win this
12: game. Wow, it's interesting. Now that's
13: simply because I, I I don't I don't know that he's seen a challenge uh, like Texas A&M's front can provide, other than possibly in the Orange Bowl.
12: Back to the phones we go, and we'll get our next call in. Hello and welcome. You're on your Monday edition hey brownie welcome in Brown liquor man welcome in brother I
8: know Nico no Nico siding but I did have a beano siding at Tunica. I just happened to be on the same course as him <laughs>
13: wow yeah, it was it was tremendous to meet you i I uh, that's uh that's a big part of the trip I, I I really enjoyed it it
8: was uh it was surreal tony i I see all these guys with UT gear and I'm thinking where have you guys been I've been holding a Ford down here by myself and uh, I put two and two together. I heard this voice, and I said, wait a minute, Basilio Show, who's talking over there? And sure enough, it was Bino. <laughs> Recognized his voice, not his face. You went over to him? Yeah, yeah. Why not? I mean, I'm a likable guy. He's a likable guy. That's fantastic.
12: So you heard his voice several hundred miles from here and walked up to him and said, hey, is that you?
8: That is exactly what Wow.
12: I'm... Hey, does Bino look like his voice? uh yeah next
18: question
12: <laughs> beano does brown liquor look like his voice
13: i told uh i told brown liquor that in the 30 years or whatever i've been doing this from a caller to a to a uh, host uh i've met about one guy who looked the way i pictured him to look
16: uh, Was it Big Josh? It was actually Zayar. Philly, you know, uh, Phil kind of looks like his voice a little bit.
12: Interesting.
8: Well, I'll uh, I'll let you guys get back to it. I'm actually on the uh, golf course again today. I work for a bank, as Bino knows. We're off on indigenous people, Columbus Day, whatever day suits you. Anyway, the bank is closed. I know that.
12: Indigenous? I didn't hear those. The indigenous? I'm not. I'm not evolved, man. They're calling this Indigenous People Day.
8: Yeah, I think like. Uh, yeah, you get Cherokee Reservation up there. They that's awesome. People.
12: Celebrate all the people that had their land confiscated or whatever. It's complicated, yeah, as we like it. to say in the trade. It's complicated.
8: Yeah, he brought smallpox over here. I mean, I guess you'd get a day name for you. I don't know.
12: Thank you, brother. Good talking to you. So let's go back to our phones. Get our next call in at five in front. Well, hello and welcome in. Uh, Coach Hyper coming up. Hey,
18: I'll, I'll be quick, Tone. Who's no, to... you don't
12: have to. You take your time, bro. We don't have any constraints here.
18: Now, he's a friend of the program. I'm sure in spite of where he went to undergrad, he's a nice man. I read a bowl prediction by Mr. Jerry Palm that I have big umbrage with because I think this could ruin college football, as Matt Jay Dixon has alluded to. He says the Horns are still going to go to the playoff because is going to run the table. The Horns are going to run the table, and the Horns are going to beat them in Dallas. And it's like that beautiful, epic, culturally important Red River game never happened. And Matt Jay Dixon is exactly right. If they professionalize the NS, um, college football, it will ruin the sport because it will be as if that Red River game didn't happen. What are y'all thoughts on that? They can't do this to the sport, can they? Beanstar, well, I
12: hate. I'll say this. I hate these conference championship games, and, and especially in a playoff can, era. But go ahead, Brian. Can I say this? Sure. The LSU Alabama game in 2011 was a hype game of the year. With all Didn't that matter. talent, it was nine six LSU won. Yep. and there was no playoff. There was just a BCS, and it ended up. LSU and Alabama, had to, they had to play him again in the championship game, and LSU got shut out. It was as if that big win in November over Alabama didn't happen. So well, you had that same situation happen before a playoff, keep in mind.
18: Well, but it's going to be times 10 now, Bry. I mean, unless, let's say... Jared That's Holmes true,
16: but I'm just pointing now. out.
18: Yeah, but... Now, if Texas blows them off the map and proves it was a fluke in Dallas, hats off to them. But how can you kill how beautiful that Red River game is? Mm -hmm. That's how you could kill it, is the the romantic nature of playing in a stadium that's about three years younger than the Alamo
14: (laughs) down Mm -hmm. there in Texas. Mm -hmm.
18: That perfect split of burnt orange and red. excuse me, you know, Matthew McConaughey and Toby Keith or whoever your famous celebs are, all that romanticism that is college football is, it doesn't really, you lose this, your season's over. That's the beauty of it. And now I say that and watch, you know, the third Saturday in October, there's an avenue eventually where, you know, we could get Alabama or they get us in atlanta vice versa that could happen one year and then i'll say no nah, that's different <laughs> but what do you guys think I, is jared I, paul I think, on yeah, something or is he crazy can
12: you uh you know can you believe that in the in the years of the sec championship game east and west tennessee right. and alabama have never faced each other in it go ahead bino yeah, yeah that is wild that's <laughs> wild go ahead <laughs> bino
13: Ryan, there's absolutely no question that the, the playoff, whether it's a 14 or 12-team, somewhat diminishes the importance of the regular season. But no Texas or Oklahoma fan are ever going to go into that game thinking less of it at the time that it is because of what may happen two months later. The Red River rivalry is always going to have extreme importance.
18: The
12: thought and the look of those people down there going to the fair and then walking right over to the game and having been there at the old Cotton Bowl when the Cotton Bowl was played in the old Cotton Bowl. Bino, you've been to the old Cotton Bowl, right?
13: I have. I saw Tennessee play there in uh, New Year's Day 2005. Yeah.
12: It's really cool. Like Ryan's saying, that old stadium is really neat. That's, that's a neat deal.
18: How beautifully decrepit is that stadium? How what? How beautifully decrepit is that old stadium? It's what it's all about. (laughs) They're not fixing it up on purpose. It looks like it could fall down tomorrow, like it's from the Roman Empire. It's just beautiful.
12: But what would really, to me, augment the romance of that thing is if they had a couple bricks fall while the game was going on. Uh, Like uh, old JFK Stadium in Philadelphia, the old municipal stadium that they finally had to raise. The last event they had in there, literally like pieces of the structure were falling while people were in the stadium. Which I got time for that.
18: Well, maybe I have to get over it. But part of why I love college football more than the NFL, with a few exceptions. You know, you're an Eagles fan. They have some of those rivals that could rival a college thing, but it's not the the, same. It's the Americana element of who we are as a people. Yep. That in the Midwest slash South Southwest, everything about that game screams the culture of Oklahoma and Texas, and up where I'm from. Even though I hate both these schools, part of being from the Rust Belt Midwest is the Buckeyes versus Michigan. It's it's who we are as a yep. people. You're exactly and right. Down and I just really hope as we professionalize this sport, even though I love that kids are getting paid now and that this can get fun where you can flip rosters quick and more teams can join the party. Just don't dilute the romance to it. Just don't do that. And yeah, see what you guys have to say about that.
12: Thank you, so, my brother. I th- I think that's worth repeating. And I'm sure Matt Dixon will repeat it. 865-200-5402. Your point's well taken. I, I'm just of the belief that, man, that game's really special. And the best game in the Southeastern Conference this weekend happened to take place uh, down at the Cotton Bowl, which makes as much sense as anything in 2023. Hour two on the way.
2: American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the
3: drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090.
4: Hi, this is Steve, the garbage man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer.
6: Don't put off getting your oil changed, Columbia. Take 5 is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. Visit their newest location at 1203 South James Campbell Boulevard and take advantage of their $15 off grand opening special. That's right, $15 off any oil change, Columbia. Take 5 to stay in your car 10-minute oil change. They're faster than you think.
4: Built to win. Ball game, Alabama wins. Built for championships. Heading
2: for the pylon, get the race, wins the race, touchdown Alabama.
4: Built by Bama. The Crimson Tide play here. Join us Saturday as the Crimson Tide take on Texas A&M at Kyle Field. Our coverage begins at 1130 on your home for Alabama football. The Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield.
13: This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee.
12: Be is me. Be is me in the place, the place, the place to be as we welcome you back. Coach Hyper coming up in a mere matter of moments. When he begins, we'll go there live. In the meantime, we'll go back to our phones. And, Bri, we'll get the word here in a little bit, but Tennessee and Alabama will be right there in that CBS time slot, yes? So Tennessee will be. Tennessee fans will have to endure Gary Danielson two weeks so, in a yeah. row. Are you a Danielson fan, Brian? And maybe once more against Georgia. Are you a Danielson fan, Brian? Um, I wrote today in the blog. I think,
16: think you, you, you talk about momentum. You talk about momentum.
12: Yep. And he won't have to worry about that when he's televising these Big Ten games that end up ten-seven. There won't be enough runs either way for there to be any momentum created. So that's a word he can forget about. Bino, can you imagine being there? around sports your whole adult life and not believing in momentum, which uh, Nestler teases him about during the show? But I mean, what's next? He don't believe we landed on the moon. He thinks the Earth is uh, flat. I mean, what, what's next for this dude? That's right in the same uh Kennedy's still alive and is gonna appear in Dealy Plaza. I mean, what's what's next? I mean serious now. Cause none of that makes any sense to me. You imagine watching sports and not believing in momentum? Do you not think being over the baseball playoffs these the better teams losing these games with the better records? with regularity now, losing these uh, first games and these series. and Isn't that momentum being started? Isn't that what that's about?
13: I certainly think that's a factor, Tony, in, in not having to grind down the stretch in order to, uh, to have your position. Um, and then you maybe come out not quite as sharp uh, as some of the teams that have battled to get there.
12: Back to the phones we go. I mean, I'm going to make excuses up for the Braves, but they were asleep the other night.
13: I tell you, I feel sorry. For, I, I mean, I, I'm, I've been where the Braves fans are at. Yep. I mean, the hardest season I can ever remember for me to kind of make it through was 98. The very best Yankee team I can remember because all that – I mean, it, it seemed to me like if they didn't win the whole shooting match that year that they erased all of that – Work that they did during the regular season, and uh, I, I, I know that's the way a lot of Braves fans feel about this team.
12: Back to our phones and Let's get Josh Hyper in. The, I mean, let's get our next call. Yeah, playing the Diamondbacks instead. L- that's exactly right. Let's get our next call in. Baseball's got a design flaw in that playoff. They need to re rank them like they do in the NFL. Hello, and welcome in. Hi, my friends, it's the
14: Patriots. Doing. What's up, brother. Well, uh, speaking of baseball, uh, I've got the solution, but I'm sure they won't listen to me. You might have to shorten the season a little bit. No. That's but out. What I, I know they won't, they won't want to do that, but I know so many people that don't watch an NBA or NHL game all year, but they keep up with the playoffs.
12: Can't shorten the baseball season. Not going to happen.
14: Well, what they ought to do is they ought to seed them one through six. One plays six, two plays five, three plays four. You take those three winners and the high-seeded loser, then you go to the semifinals, then the championship, then the World Series. That way there's no breaks, everybody's playing, but in my world that would all be best of seven.
12: That makes sense to you. It that. does. It, it makes absolute sense. And if you're going to do that, you ought to do that because what they've done now, what they've got now is a system that, that, that punishes achievers. I believe that.
21: Wait, wait a minute, WB. That, w- that w- would
12: shorten the
0: season.
13: Wait, wait a minute. You're going to allow a team that lost the series to continue to play? That's for all the old timers
14: that took all the regular, regular season, the days when you had two teams playing and you went to the World Series. If you're the number one seed, it that really means something. If you Stop. all catch the flu and lose the first series, yeah, you're back. Yeah, you're back. Three Pino. winners, three winners, and one the high seated loser. Don't you get it, Pino?
13: Most of the time, most of the time, W. Lynn, I love your stuff. Uh, most quick baseball ain't high school basketball. You can't be losing long
12: God, Beto just cut a promo on you. OG to OG you know, crime. If you did that, you if a team was playing a playoff play. series, no. OG would on OG that'd be, crime. That'd be like uh, the last two weeks
16: where they just were playing meaningless games anyway. I'm
14: telling you, the way they do it now the top two seeds in each league,
12: have they all lost a game? Uh, yes, they
14: have. Uh, well, that's a problem. You can't scrimmage in or squad for a week a and expect to be playoff ready.
12: The only one, well, they have all lost a game. Now that Houston lost, that's right. They've all lost a game. That's exactly right. They've all lost their well, home field advantage. The
14: funny thing is,
5: the American League East is over for like 6 in the playoffs so far.
12: Well, that's gonna a game, and Ambino's team was like last in that division too. Not I'm, I'm here to rub you, it in. If
5: you
14: if you stop the season, you'd have to shorten it to about 140 some games around Labor Day. Once they'd started, best of seven playoffs, you'd have more TV audience,
12: you'd have more money, you'd A, have more betting. Hey, Beano, W. Lynn sounds to me like he's been hanging out with Sammy, formerly of the Ridge out there in Colorado, and getting some of that, the hooch-hooch and the hoo-hoo and the woo-woo, bean Star. No. W.
13: Lynn knows I love
12: you. There ain't no losing track. You are out. Okay. W. Hey, W. Lynn, I do like that, though, because it would keep the Braves alive longer. I mean, not that I'm talking trash on the Braves. I'm not. I'm, I love the Braves. I think the Braves are going to win this division, but. Best of five series. I mean, this uh, series. ought
14: to be best of seven. Everything should be best of seven.
12: Best of five is cheap. I agree. Because when the Phillies won the other day, which I can't believe they won, but when they won the other day, that's the equivalent of winning two games in a seven-game series. That's what you've done. You're, yeah. you're winning. You're up 2-0 right now. Yeah. Yes, and if you win today and you're the Phillies, that's the equivalent of being up almost 3-0. Because now it's every game's an elimination game for them, and they've
14: got three it's, games it's left. Just, that's yeah. why we the the season ought to end route. about Labor Day. That's what the season ought to end, 9-11 at the latest, yep. Patriot Day. Patriot Day. We have big celebration. We honor all that have fallen, yep. and that's the la- last game. But, Beano, are you for what, that? Are you?
12: Let me ask Beano if he's for that. Beano, are you for that? What W. Lynn's saying? Uh,
14: no, I'm not for shortening the Major League Baseball season.
13: God. He's
12: not selling for you at all, W. Lynn.
14: Well, see, I'm a Tennessee fan first. See? And it's hard for me to worry about baseball. We're midway through the college football it's a good, season. Good point.
12: It's a good I I. You know what's funny? A buddy of mine was at the Braves game the other day. Now, Bino will not be surprised by this, and neither will Brian. He said more people than not were watching college football on their phones while the Braves game was going on, and that's why the stadium was so dead in there and detached, he said, because people were more into the college football games that were going on, including the Georgia game, than they were the, the game on the field. Yep. yep, he said it was really interesting. He said it, it really troubled him it, as a Braves
14: fan. I can tell you, seventy-five percent of the Braves fans are big college football fans. He said too. everybody
12: hey, uh, around them was watching college football. Like every, he said it was. Know, uh, he said it was offensive almost. You know, do you think if the Yankees were playing and a uh, Rutgers Syracuse game was going on, do you think <laughs> the Yankee fans would be watching <laughs> that, that game on their TVs? You'd probably. Hey, Brian, if you if if you opened your phone up and did that in front of a Yankee fan, they'd probably take your phone and throw it against, like, a concrete pillar in the stadium.
14: Hey, Brian, they might Red have to
12: go to Syracuse. You think they want Syracuse? Syracuse. I'm sure Syracuse <laughs> matters to the Yankee fans. Boston Red Sox watching Boston College play. Oh, yeah, it's a point of pride. Finway. Hey, hey, Tony, one more
14: point. One more point. You didn't call out Titans, Bill on his pick of the week, the Minnesota golden Gophers over Michigan. Well look, Remember I that? mean
12: you win some, you lose some. Bill's had a rough weekend. I mean when you lose to Gardner <laughs> Minshew magic like that the way they did. Oh I know it that was the most absurd thing. That ever. was absurd. Absurd's a good thing. You can't and you can, you know, you don't want to kick a good man when he's down. But in Bill's case Her I left him alone too.
14: Poor Titans Bills Kingdom came down on the second play, offensive play of the game. Oh! <laughs> bless his heart. Yeah, we got to give him a little break, Tony. You know, I, but uh, I'm suffering too. But my focus is on A and I, I, you know, I'm I'm, I'm I'll pull for my Braves and Titans. But most of my energies, we got to beat A and I would try this. Hit it. If we beat A&M and finish 10-2, and two, I'd say the Braves get swept and the Titans lose lose every game. I'd trade that.
12: I'll give you that deal right now. The Braves get swept, Titans lose every game they play, and we go 10-2. and two. You got a deal. That's, so that's really
14: – Well, I'm making a sacrifice,
12: isn't. too. The Braves lose. They get swept. The Titans lose <laughs> the rest yeah, of their you're games.
14: You're really making a big one, Tom. Yes,
12: guys. it is hard. It's hard over here. It's hard being me right now.
14: Kermit the Frog. It's hard being green. I don't know if you'd say the Eagles lose them all and uh and uh and the Phillies lose them all when we go ten and two.
12: Would you make that trade? w Lynn, we have a bad connection. Have a great day. I cannot believe he just asked me that. Of course I'm not making that trade, you clown. But I will sacrifice the Brave season and the Titan season for the Vols, Bino.
13: That's just the kind of man you are. Consider buddy. that done. I hope I didn't hear over the air when I called one of these other directors.
12: <laughs> Bino appearing on the TLD Logistics hotline online tldlogistics.com. Are we gonna do some TLD Logistics over overtime? You gotta you gotta stick around and find out. Maybe. Maybe maybe not. Still waiting on Josh Hyper. They uh, are two, seven or eight minutes late getting to him today. Maybe he did like me last week when I forgot about one of my radio appearances. And um, was in the middle of a store at West Knoxville. It was, a, it was middle of the afternoon on Tuesday. And I was uh, like, oh, man. Just happened to look down at my phone and go, I'm late, I'm late. Let's go back to our phones. You're live on the Basilio Show. Hi. What's
24: up, Tony?
12: Yo, what's up, brother?
24: Not much. Yeah, I think the baseball format is kind of screwed up, man. Like, this best two out of three, I I think it's real hard. If you lose that first game in that wild card round, like, talk about momentum, like you lose that first game, it's hard to win that second game. I mean, when it's best of five, best of seven, you can lose those first two games, yep. but you get to reset, go on the road, and and you know, you can get yourself back into it, but it's, that's why none of those, all those teams that lost the first game
18: lost the
12: second game. They've packed it in, because they know. I gotta, we got to win two more games. I don't know how many teams in Major League Baseball this year, I'm sure there's a number for it lost the Friday game, and then came back and won the next two games. Even in the regular season, I bet you that's a low number.
24: Uh, it's tough. It's not easy. Yeah. yeah. And like, it, and I think right now it's just a matter of just who's hot. Like yep. the Rangers right now, they're just hot. hot. That's all it is to it. Mean,
12: sure it, it is. is. And the <laughs> Phillies are hot. Hey, and I, I acknowledge that. I, do I think the Phillies have a better baseball team than the Atlanta Braves? Absolutely not. Were they better last year? No, they were not. They're 15 games worse than the Braves this year. I, I don't. I'm not sitting here deluded today. Like
24: a lot of sports, the best team
12: doesn't win. It's just the hottest sure. team. Sure. And, that, know, and by the way, when they do it to college football, league, that's exactly what's going to happen in the college, especially in this transfer portal era. You will see 12 seeds beat one seeds before it's over.
24: Hey, I'm I'm for it. Like bring it mm-hmm. on. Like that's what makes it exciting. For mm-hmm. me, so. I, I got no problems with it. You know, I heard somebody talking about like, you know, the Texas Oklahoma game yeah. being devalued. Like, I I don't think that's, I, I don't I don't think that's the case, man. Like, it, if those two teams play in the in the Big Twelve Championship game, it's because they're the two best teams in the league, and they deserve to play for the championship. And mm-hmm. the only thing that does is it makes the Red River shootout next year even bigger. One place or the other.
23: Here's Josh work Heupel. Work um, you know, we'll see as he uh, he gets back on the field uh, this week, and and uh, he's worked at both spots.
24: A&M's really good at stopping the run. What are some of the emphasis you're going to be stressing in your run game this week to try to be successful?
23: Yeah, they're good at stopping the run. They're good at getting after the quarterback, too. Um, you know, uh, First of all, they got really good skill. Um, and when I say that, I'm talking about their base skill up front, too. Um, they're physical. They're dynamic. They're thick. Uh, they play strong. They're multiple up, up front. Um, they've created a bunch of negative yardage plays in, in the run game. And uh, that's giving them the ability to get, go get after the quarterback, uh, second and long, third and long, too. So uh, you got to do a great job in communication. Um, you got to win some one-on-ones when you're in a, a one-on-one. Your double team's got to be good enough to, to change the way the, the line of scrimmage looks, too. So um, big test for us uh, up front and, and across the board offensively.
11: What are some characteristics of a Bobby Petrino-led offense, specifically this one you'll face?
23: Uh, well, first of all, I, I've said it already they got really good personnel. Uh, quarterback's a smart decision maker. Um, he's able to extend and make some plays with the, his arm, um, but he's always got some balance in, in what he does too. So uh, we got to do a good job in the run game and, and be able to handle um, all the different pass concepts that you're going to see from him.
11: With uh, with Chaz and Caleb taking that spot from Brew, uh, what do they do? Or Dante too? Uh, Right, right, right. What do they uh, do? Maybe differently than what Brew does. And how do you? Does the offense change at
12: all with their skill sets?
23: Yeah, offense won't won't really change. Uh, Those guys have been involved in uh, perimeter screens, where they're the the ball carrier. They've been involved where they're the blocker. Um, You know, offensively, uh, we feel good about their development. Um, You know, they got to practice well, prepare well, and and get themselves in position to go play well. Uh, We certainly expect that from them. I know they're excited about the opportunity.
5: Same position at that wide receiver. Uh, Do you feel like you could go
14: into the game knowing you're going to use two or three of those guys? Do you think it'll become more evident
23: in the game which one fits best? I expect all of them to to play at a high level. Um, We're going to need all of those guys. Uh, That'll be the course of Saturday, but also throughout the course of the season. So I expect to to see all those guys. Do you, do
14: you think all, all three with the number one offense?
23: When you talk about all three,
18: Dante,
23: I anticipate Dante again. Uh, you know, we're on the grass today, and and uh, we'll see how the week unfolds. But uh, absolutely anticipate seeing all those guys play on Saturday.
22: How much can the tight ends
16: also? help make up for Brewers' loss, especially with Jacob getting going uh, against South Carolina in, in the receiving game. And then what, what does McCollum need to do to maybe bounce back from uh, a couple of plays here against South Carolina?
23: Bounce back. Don't let one, of, one play affect another play. Um, being able to reset, extremely important at every position when you're a competitor and you're going to play for 60 minutes. Um, not every play is going to go your way. It won on Saturday. Don't expect our guys to play perfect. We strive for it, but that's just not the nature of, of this game. Uh, there's good players on the other side. they got coaches that are scheming it, too. So it's not going to be perfect. Understand that. Reset and go play as hard as you can from snap to whistle. Um, Cali will do that, man. He's, uh, he's a really good player. so. Um, the tight ends, uh, yeah, they'll be a part of, of what we do in the passing game, need them to continue to come on. They've created some big plays, some big plays that you know, we're close on to with them. So um, they'll be a, a factor in the game. What impresses you the most about Max Johnson's game, and have you seen a difference in film from A&M once the quarterback change came? Not, not a ton of difference in them. Uh, both of them were able to extend and, and make plays. I don't think they philosophically have changed uh, what they're doing. Uh, Max is a guy that's played a lot of football. Uh, he's played in a lot of different environments. Um, does a really good job of, of taking care of the football. Um, he has the ability to extend and make plays and throw the football down the field when when the play breaks down or when he's got pressure on him. And and uh, so we got to do a great job of matching guys out, out on the perimeter.
17: So, so obviously. It's early in the season, relatively, but Jacob Warren's on pace to do more than he did last season in terms of just physical production. How, how much, if any, different is he as a player? How much has he changed since last year, or is that just the ball finding him more often?
23: Um, sometimes it can just be the ball finding him uh, based on the coverages that, that you're seeing. Um, but I also think Jacob's uh, developed as a, a dynamic leader uh, for us on the offensive side of the football He's had continued physical development, which has allowed him to, to play his best football that he has up until now. Fundamentally, uh, that's in the past game, but it's also what he's doing inside of the core, too. In the run game, he's been really good. Mentioned
11: getting healthy at the quarterback club. You mentioned trying to get Denico Slaughter back. Thought that maybe he could be good. Uh, how much did this rest and open week help him, and will he be able to play for you this weekend?
23: Yeah, um, important for Denico. Important for some other guys. Inevitably, in, in this game and certainly in this league, um, it's a physical battle every time you're out on the football field. So. Uh, Denico, we anticipate being ready to play. Uh, again, he's got to go through the week and and, uh, and be in the right position, but anticipate that happening. There's a pretty
11: good game out
23: in uh, Dallas this week, the Red River rivalry, something like that. I was wondering if you uh, got a chance to
8: watch that game.
23: Uh, I saw the last drive. Um, great job by, by Dylan in, in that offensive unit. Um, that was not the game that I was watching uh, early in the, in the day. All right, awesome. You. Y'all have a great one.
12: Well, that was quick and painless. As they say in the trade, Tennessee joined us late there, so you kind of got what you got. We got six minutes of that. So we'll come back. Tanico Slaughter going to play. Some other odds and ends. Uh, Brian's tracking the kickoff time. Checker kneeling game Saturday. They mentioned that. Uh, and we'll come back on the other side, 865-200-5402. We'll get get, uh, Lee back in here with Beanstar. It's all ahead as we continue. It's a Monday edition, and more after this.
16: This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia
6: Save-A-Lot Food, serving Columbia since 1994, is celebrating their grand reopening at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard with amazing deals, and you can even register for prizes. Open from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. seven days a week. Check out our weekly flyers for great deals on your favorite products. Save-A-Lot stores are 100% employee-owned and operated and proud to be local. Save-A-Lot Food Stores. Shop the dot. Save-A-Lot.
17: it is that time of day i got our favorite grocer on the line miles johnson how are you doing today
10: oh i'm doing fantastic how are you
17: i'm doing great buddy it's always a pleasure to talk to you you always have some amazing deals so what do you got for us this week coming up
10: well, this week we have New York strip steaks, five ninety nine a pound, assorted pork chops, $1.79 a pound, green cabbage, $0.59 cents a pound, Niagara 24-pack water, 3 for 10, and Coca-Cola 6-packs, 3 for 10. But I also wanted to mention we have our truckload sale October 12th to the 14th, but I'll go into those details next week when I talk to you guys, but I just wanted to put that out there.
17: Oh, man, fantastic. Thank you, and we appreciate you giving us a little heads up there. And again, you guys are located right there in West 7th. You're open seven days a week. Your hours are 7. 7 a.m. till 9 p.m. Got a great stock of uh, stuff in there. The great specials. Fantastic staff. And, uh, and as always, Miles, we appreciate you talking to us. And I'll call you again next week and we'll find out about that truckload sale. All righty. Thank you. Thank you, Miles. Have a good day.
3: Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.
12: T to the B back with you. The magic is here. Check out the blog today over at tclub.team. It's incredible. Uh, 3,000 words there. Laying it down. band called the Jokers, and they were laying it down. And that's exactly what we did. We laid it down and broke it down scientifically. Speaking of which, the Vols are honoring a guy that deserves to be honored this weekend. Talk to me, Bri. Tell the living listener. Eric Berry is going to be recognized for his induction into the College Football Hall of Fame when he goes in there at the end of the year. They're going to recognize him during the Texas A&M game, I believe, pregame. So that's something
5: to look forward to.
12: I wish Eric Berry would have had a chance to play on a great Tennessee team. Or a great Chiefs team. I know. Super Bowls now. Yeah, I know. It's like he got both places too early. He was born too late. He was a tweener. Or too early for both a great player here to me he meets a description of a guy that was um extremely fun to watch and extremely easy to cheer for which doesn't always mix in the hunting in the mix and sports but he was very easy to cheer for and extremely fun to watch Bry, what's the uh, second nugget? Ch- Checker Nealon is happening. And it is the birthday of John James Jimbo Fisher. He turned 58 today. I like John James a lot better than Jimbo. John James Fisher is what we're going to call him. A lot better than Jimbo. And I think it's Tony Vitello's birthday. Oh, my gosh. Happy birthday, Tony Vitello. Made my heart just skip a bite. <laughs> My heart just skipped a bite. <laughs> All right, let's go back to there before we get Lee back in here in the hunt and hunting in the mix with us. I'm awaiting Bino's return. Uh, Stuji Bino, Orange Blood wants to jump in with us, and let's get Orange Blood in the hunting in the mix with us through the magic of spaces. I'm trying to do this without the feedback issue. Let's see how we do. Orange Blood, welcome in. Hey Tony, how's it going? Good. Good to talk to you.
11: Hey, I um, uh, noticed something the other day. Well, I don't know if you saw it, but I'm sure everybody's seen it. The Miami head coach, the decision they made at the end of that Georgia Tech game, where they, all they had to do was kneel it down on third down and run the clock out. They decided to run it. They fumbled. Georgia Tech got the ball back, and that uh, Haynes King kid led them to a touch, Georgia Tech to a touchdown and beat them.
12: It's pretty great, isn't it? <clears throat>
11: you
12: so. Know- I don't think the defense expected to go back there on the field. Of course, the defense didn't expect to go back on the field, Brian. That's why it was a stupid. You don't do things like that. But go ahead, sir.
11: Well, I was going to say, I heard that that wasn't that head coach's first time making that kind of decision. I think he did something that was it Oregon or somewhere or against Oregon, and like, like does he? I'm wondering how he proposed to his wife. Does he not have? Does he have have something up against kneeling the ball? I don't get it. (laughs)
12: Well, uh, that's a great line, and so he proposes standing up, and you've got uh, Cristobal at Oregon was known as being one of the more bizarre game managers in the sport. The only thing I could think of that rivaled that, just in stupidity, was when, uh, and it's ironic because Larry Zonka was on the receiving end of a Joe Pasarczyk handoff. Larry Zonka, who played for the Miami Dolphins, ironically enough. Miami, Miami here. But in that old Miracle in the Meadowlands play that we've all seen, no matter how old you are, if you look that up, and I've got a link to it today over on the blog, but the Giants are running the clock out against the Eagles, and they're handing a ball off for some reason, and that play allowed the Eagles to get into the playoffs that year. As a young kid... I was being used as fodder. My brothers were throwing me around the room as a young kid. I kid you not. I mean, there's nothing like that as a sports fan. When you think you're going to lose a game and you win, or you think you're going to win a game and you lose. I mean, And Miami was in the midst of a special season. They'd already had beaten A&M. They had their whole year in front of them. I mean, that's just idiotic what they did the other day. Just idiotic. Yeah, and the this,
11: this leads Georgia into my other kind of thing other question. I I don't want to beat the dead horse. We've talked about it before. There's there's the question like LSU what this weekend. They're like on the third the three yard line, ready yep. to go in, like in a jumbo package, but they're snapping it in shotgun. Amen they had a that. high snap.
12: Amen to that.
11: Daniel scrambled, he got in the end zone, but he got hurt. So everybody tells me I've never played football but I've, Watched it all my life. They say it's hard to transition to under the under the center for a snap. It can't be. All you've no. got to do is practice a handful of times every day. I don't know why college football is modern college football gets away from that, but you look at Jalen Hurts and how they get into the end zone with that package, and it's almost foolproof. I just don't get why college people do that, especially when, the, like, we, we were in the Last game we had, we were in a pretty close to our own end zone. We snapped it with the game already in mm-hmm. hand. But all you got to do is get a bad snap and somebody gets hurt
12: in the shotgun. You bring up a million great points. The Titans yesterday, they've got Derrick Henry and they snap a ball and shotgun on the goal line uh, in fourth yardage situation. All they've got to do is get up under center, give the ball to him, and let him go over the top. It's idiotic. I mean, it's happening in the NFL, too. The, the the shotgun snaps in close yardage, they can talk all they want about giving a guy a running start and this, that, and the other. You're snapping the ball seven yards deep. The linebackers and the safeties know what you're going to do. Everybody, unless you pop the ball outside, take the ball and pop it outside to a wide receiver, you're going to run right into the teeth of the defense you're giving them every opportunity. And on that Eagles play, I almost feel sorry for the opposition because you've got zero chance of stopping that. And and they were talking about how the, people are complaining to the NFL and saying, hey, you've got to outlaw this. This is not fair. Until they outlaw it, why wouldn't everybody do that? Why don't the Vols have a package? everybody ought to have that package feels well joe milton you know he's not the same kind of joe milton six feet like nine inches tall you mean to tell me you can't do that that's ridiculous
11: it's bullcrap uh, yeah he's the perfect prototypical body type for that play and we look we don't have the absolute best offensive line but it's capable of getting three feet thank you even when they expect it
12: thank you that's all i gotta say you're the man that's a great call that wasn't a call, but that was a great call. That wasn't a call, Orange Blood. You come again, and I hope that was an okay experience for my Spaces people. As uh, and Brian, you wanted to add on that, and then we'll go back to the phones, and I'll get uh, Lee and the hunting in the mix with us. Go ahead, Brian. Well, he mentioned that Crystal Ball actually, and I. I think I kind of forgot what it was, but about the
5: uh, Oregon-Stanford. He was the I coach. When, I bet Lee will when, remember. I
12: bet Lee will remember. What was it, Lee? What yeah, did you do? Was... I guarantee you Lee's going to remember. He probably lost money on it.
24: No, I'm being dead serious. That, that year, in 2018, yeah. I didn't gamble for like four weeks after that game. That was one of the <laughs> I'm being serious, man. Like, I was devastated. I lost a lot of money on that game. He... I was shocked. I couldn't believe what, what he did. And as soon as that thing happened what was night it? Was tell,
12: tell us, us what he did. First thing. Yeah, refresh our memory. What was the Oregon, walk us through the uninitiated here. What did he do?
24: He, he had a three-point. It was the same situation as Saturday night. He had a three-point lead and had the ball, and all he had to do was take a knee. Instead, he hands it off. Oregon fumbles. Stanford gets the ball. They kick a field goal to tie the game, and Stanford wins the game in overtime.
12: The, he did you mean to tell me that guy's done the same exact thing twice
24: yep the exact same thing
12: is he a moron
24: it's it, we've known this for crystal ball forever like is it's a top five talented roster in, in college football but as long as you have him at the helm you will never exceed your expectations because he's that bad this is what it is I mean I, I don't get it People laughed last week when I said, I can call these games from a bar and do, this, do a much better job than these coaches can do. Not, not all these coaches, but there's a lot of them. I mean, and I'm telling you, Jimbo was just as bad on, on, on Saturday, man. Like, I, I just don't get it. Like, especially with these experienced coaches. Like, how do you not
16: learn from your mistakes?
24: Bino had a great
12: line about Jimbo the other day, though. Because the head coach, ultimately, his headset is the one that decides – Trino's over there coordinating the defense, down the offense down the down. We all know that we, everybody gets that, uh-huh. but the big calls, and that's what the head coaches make the big money for, and that's why they're hired and fired, and you've got to have hunches. you know you've got to play your hunches, you're not always going to get them right, but you have to be somewhat consistent. Bino made a great point here early in the game, when he should be being more conservative, he's going for it, and then late in the game, where you have no choice but to let it all hang out. He's turtling up over there, and then they run out of time on the goal line. They've got to call a timeout. And he comes out and kicks a field goal. Like nobody does that, Lee. Nobody. I've never seen that. Like nobody does that.
24: Once you call the timeout, you can the field goal. You cannot kick the field goal.
12: No, you're pot That's committed. Like, you have no choice.
24: Yeah. But, but there were so many other things he did in that game that just made no sense. Like you're trying. Are you trying to win the game or you're not? I texted you. He's coaching like a guy that is trying to get an $85 million buyout. That's what it looked like to me. But I don't think that's the case. I just think he's just dumb. I just think he's just an idiot. I mean, it's clear Petrino's running their offense. Like, it's a Patrino offense they're running. But it's also very clear that Petrino has no no involvement in the, in the decision-making as far as if they're going to go for it, if they're going to punt, if they're going to do any of that stuff. That, that's clearly obvious.
12: It's unreal. Uh, And here's the thing, Lee, and we'll talk about it all week, but I look at this matchup Saturday, and it scares me to death as a Tennessee fan until I consider who their head coach is and what their history is. And until I see otherwise, I'll believe the Vols win Saturday, even though I think A&M's got a much better football team than Weedo. much better, I think.
24: I can only know way too. Like, I'll be honest, this is like the one game on the schedule. Like, I, it's been really hard for me to get a feel. I, I've had real good feels about every game we played. This one, I have a really hard time trying to figure out what's going to happen. Like, I'm not going to play. I'll tell you right now, I won't play this game. But I will tell you this, if it's close in the fourth quarter, I'll play some Tennessee live just because mm-hmm. of the pressure
10: mm-hmm. factor.
24: You know, I think as long as Tennessee keeps it close and, and, and just gives Jimbo a chance, gives, gives him a reason to screw something up late, that's going to, when it matters, he'll do it.
12: Jimbo's gonna do it. That's exactly right. Unbelievable. All right,
24: why well, go go Phillies tonight, man? Let's get this. you Philly think game. the Phillies have a chance? you think the
12: Phillies have a chance tonight?
24: Yeah, I, I think so, man. I just think their pitching staff is—they've got more quality with their pitching. It's just more depth with their pitching. And I will tell you what, really helped Rob Thompson out was having that day off between game one. No and game doubt.
12: Two.
24: That way he could he could fire all his bullets in game one with his pen and still
12: have them ready to come back tonight. What so, a breakout was, was man. Brief. Absolute yeah, break. Sorry. You're exactly right. Thank you, Broder. Yes. And that's another thing, Bino. I don't understand about Major League Baseball. Why did they not play Friday night? Why don't you punish these uh, wild card winners and make them play right away? Be- because, because the wild card series, if they go the distance, would end on Thursday, and then you've that gotta way be flexible. They give everybody a day off. You've got to be no. You don't get a day off. That's my point. My point is, my point is, and look, I'm a Phillies fan, but I'm just being real here. I won 105 games, and you didn't. I'm 13 games ahead of you. You don't get a day to rest and reset your pitching.
13: Oh, Kennesaw Mountain Basilio, uh,
12: get him on the field and make him play. Of course, isn't that? I am I? You- I'm telling the truth. Am I right? I'm right. Yes.
13: Well, I mean, you're not going to give them a chance to reset their pitches, Tony. That's that's what the first three games are for—is to make them use those, that. So, I, I I don't think I would have these guys um, make them jump in a plane that night and be there to play the next day.
12: Back to the funds we go. But as it was, they got At a couple days off.
13: Game, if 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 you're
12: you know, if you're the best thing, you overcome them. Well, that's true, too. And we'll go back to the phones. And as I've said earlier, a good buddy of mine was at the game, and he said these, these Brave fans were literally all around him on their phone watching college football, which he couldn't believe because he drove from Knoxville for the game. He was really excited to get in there and get in a playoff atmosphere, and he said the stadium was dead to the world. I can promise you this, Bino. like Brian said earlier, when they go to Phil, I don't know what the Phillies are going to do this series. I have no idea. Nobody does. But those fans up there will not be watching other things on their phone when that game's going on. I can guarantee you that. It also helps that they got a home game during the middle of the week and there's nothing they, else to really watch. They could play during an Eagles game, Brian, and nobody would have a phone out in their hand. Nobody in that atmosphere. Nobody. We'll go back to the phones. I'm just telling you just how it is
13: southeast tony the southeast with the exception of miami is college football first in that wild everything else second yep. and you know that's the difference between college areas and pro areas
12: bino saturday is a checker kneeling game so uh be advised also uh Alabama game on CBS, Brian. That's a formality, yes, but we haven't seen it yet. But that's yeah, a I haven't seen it, but I think that's certainly going to be the case. I'd be surprised if it's not. And Eric Berry is the honoree, being star ahead of his Hall of Fame appearance. Uh, his uh, Hall of Fame induction, college football Hall of Fame induction, and Eric I think is one of those one of the few guys who was a great player, fun to watch, and easy to root for. Really fun to watch. Great player who was easy to root for. He, he checked every box. So good for him.
13: very good. Yeah, that's right. His popularity just overcame that.
12: The irony, too, with
13: Aaron. I'm sorry, Tony. I put aside my old man for much and ways. I'm playing along. I went dark mode last week, and I'll go whatever they asked me to wear this
12: Yeah, just be very careful. You and I with the details. You you ought to bring one of each, just in case.
13: Yeah, that's what I'll do.
12: Or fryer ought to bring an extra shirt for you. Let's go back to our TLD logistics hotline, get our next call in. Hi, you're live on the Monday edition. Hello and welcome in. Hi.
10: Hello, it's Russ.
12: Yo, what's up, Russ?
16: Hey. uh So yeah, I don't. I think the situation. I don't think Cristobal could have ended it in that Oregon Stanford game by just taking a knee. I think there would have still been. He, he would have had a punt like four seconds left or something. Maybe it was close. It wasn't a. It wasn't a foregone conclusion that it was over. But it was still egregious. He hasn't taken a knee once this year. He doesn't do it. I love him. It's, it's insane
12: some it somebody just, Bino, when you were just, gone said does he pro- did he propose to his wife standing up
16: yeah <laughs> it's, a good line.
12: it's a great line
16: uh, it's fantastic he um it wasn't just a third down play when they fumbled they they ran it on first and second also when they could have taken me on all three downs and the clock would have been on zeros it's it's insanity I mean, we can say that Steven screwed up by going hurry up after they picked up that third down in the A&M game. We can say that Jimbo made faux pas. We can say that Freeman had ten guys on the field for two plays. All those are bad decisions. But they're not just throwing the game away. Cristobal is an idiot.
12: And the fact that he's been in that spot twice... To a lot of guys, it follows them around. He's been such a great recruiter that this hasn't followed him, but man, that is something that discounts you from ever getting future jobs. I know that Kevin Steele, his brief time as a head coach at Baylor, they yeah, yeah. say he like short-circuited and did something. that followed him his whole cr- now look he's a multimillionaire, a defensive coordinator. he's made tons and tons of money. But that followed him his entire, people still talk about it, and it was like 30 years ago, 35 years ago, if yeah. you look it up. Yeah,
16: the, yeah, the whole Baylor thing, Yeah, he, he had a very similar situation to Christopher. Yeah,
12: it was a crazy thing at the end of a game, and he made I a fateful decision.
13: I believe he tried to score a, a late touchdown, uh, and they fumbled, and they, they, the opponent picked it up and ran it 99 yards for a
16: touchdown.
12: Correct.
16: He tried to punch it in to cover a spread.
12: (laughs) And see, that's the kind of stuff, again, that's the kind of stuff that follows you. Look, why can't it happen to a turd like Ryan Day? That's all I'm asking. Uh, Against Notre Dame, when they lined up to kick that extra point at the end, Ryan Day deserved for that to get blocked. For them to scoop it up and run it the other way, Jeremy Lincoln style. Uh, which happened against Notre Dame, by the way, in the Miracle of the Meadowlands. Or I I guess it wasn't uh, Lincoln that picked it up. Maybe it was Miley or somebody that picked it up. But at any rate, uh, that deserved to happen to Ryan Day. A lot of these guys get away with this stuff, to your point, Rusty. But this guy the other night had to be thinking to himself, man, what in the world have I done? Because then Haynes King had to go out and hit a pass play for them to lose that game.
16: Tony, I don't know that any other coach would do the not take a knee when you're in a one-possession ball game. You would not do the take a knee. Nobody else would do it, man. Everybody else would take the knee three times and let it hit zero. Butch would do the same.
14: Butch Butch would even do that. Butch would even take a knee there.
16: Yes. No. Butch Butch loved to take knees. Butch was was all about taking a knee whenever he knew the game was over and he could get the win. He, He wanted the clout for the win. Chris Ball wanted the clout for we're going to score again and, and add another touchdown, I guess, or we're going to get this running back who had 99 yards. I don't. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to get him over. 100. I don't
12: think they were trying to score. I think they were trying to get that running back over 100 yards. That's so That's fantastic. That's winning football when you care about the how many how many yards Stupid. your your back has run for. Stupid. That's being a winner, man.
16: Hey Amen. Two <laughs> two things. The A and M game. If we're able to run the football just a little bit against that defense, we're going to blow them out.
12: Rusty, do you honestly think we're going to run the football against their defense watching Alabama try to run the football against their defense?
15: Well, hence I said if.
12: (laughs) I'm asking you, do you think we're running the football against their defense? Because if we do, we've got a great, great, great running game if we can run the ball. I think
16: think Hypo will will have some stuff dialed up to get us some scenes, and we'll have some success running the football. That's what I get. Hypo's pretty brilliant on getting some gaps in the running game. That's Tennessee's strength
12: is running the no football No doubt about it, Brian. It's strength on strength. Yeah. And
16: right. Bino, what's going to matter more?
12: Bino said it earlier, though. Joe Milton's going to have to play, man. Joe Milton's going to yeah. have to have a game here.
16: Matt, I'm just saying matchup-wise, that's the key to watch. If we're able to run the football just a little bit, not a, not a game like we had against South Carolina or some of the really good running games. Yeah. I'm talking about just enough. We're going to blow them out. That that will be where the game is decided.
15: Rusty, the thing is, yeah.
16: Can you imagine, Tony? Can you imagine if it wasn't Mario Cristobal and this was Josh Heupel and it was Tennessee versus Kentucky in Knoxville and we didn't take the knee? Think about our fan base on this Monday morning. If it would have been, it would have been Tennessee that did this. I, Miami, nobody cares about Miami. The, the tens of people that were there didn't even care.
12: I would have been up, and I appreciate the call. Garza Law, fifth quarter fan reaction would have. Ended
4: at least four americans and some other foreigners among them an israeli military official says his nation is involved in a fight for its life it is uh, by far
25: the worst day in israeli history never before have so many israelis been killed by one single thing let alone enemy activity on one day this could be a nine eleven and a pearl harbor wrapped into one
4: speaking on the bbc on the salem radio network parent company of town hall news nationally syndicated talk show host mike gallagher is partnering with the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews to raise emergency relief funds for Israelis. Gallagher says scripture prompted him to act. Those who bless
2: Israel, God will bless. Those who curse her, he will curse. This is an enduring promise for everybody. And to know that this holy land has been desecrated by such terrorism really compels Americans to step up and say, how can
4: we help? How can we stand with Israel? Gallagher adds that every dollar raised will immediately go toward life-saving security and basic needs throughout war-torn Israel. Donations can be made at the website MikeOnline.com. Persistent reports that Iran played no small role in planning and helping to execute the deadly attack on its arch enemy, and Iran does fund Hamas. This is raising more questions about the Biden administration's recent decision to release $6 billion in frozen Iranian assets. The U.S. is sending more munitions and military hardware to the Jewish state. Watching Wall Street, the Dow is two points higher, the Nasdaq down 72 points. More on these
20: stories at townhall.com. Donald Trump's indictment proves that saving America is not going to be easy. There are entrenched powers that are fighting this with everything they've got. They want to keep control over the country, the narrative, and the nation's money supply. Hi, I'm Lance Wallnow. I'm a news analyst, a Christian author, and evangelical leader. I speak to millions of people every week, people just like you. You see, what the elites are doing is using inflation and government handouts and now central bank digital currencies to determine how they're going to control America. And that's why I recommend all Christians start a gold IRA from the Birch Gold Group. Because physical precious metals are one of the few ways you can maintain control over your own savings. To get a free info kit on gold IRAs, text the word FAITH to 989898. Birch Gold Group is the only gold company I trust. Get their free info kit and you'll see why a gold IRA can help you. There are no strings attached. Text the word FAITH to 98, 98, 98, and you're going to be blessed by taking action right now.
4: It is day three of what Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu describes as a state of war with Hamas. Media Line's Felice Friedson.
6: The death toll has risen to more than 600 men, women, and children in Saturday's Hamas terrorist attack against Israel. The sound of gunfire still echoes inside Israeli communities alongside its borders with the Gaza Strip, where the military is tracking down gunmen and seeking to free some 100 Israelis. Word is that feelers regarding a hostage deal have already begun. The large number of captives is complicating the parameters of the talks. Israeli fighter jets have flown hundreds of sorties against targets in Gaza, including Hamas facilities purposely positioned inside of civilian residential buildings and previously spared for fear of harming Hamas's human shield. I'm Felice Friedsen, Town Hall News, Jerusalem. News
4: and California Governor Gavin Newsom rejecting a bill that's meant to hold the line on the price of insulin.
12: The measure would have banned health plans and disability insurance policies from charging more than $35 for a 30-day supply of insulin. The Democrat vetoed the bill because he said it would prompt insurance companies to increase monthly premiums. Newsom noted California has a $50 million contract to produce its own brand of insulin that it would sell for $30. Rhonda Rockstra reporting.
4: The area around the historic Maui town that was largely destroyed by wildfires two months ago started welcoming back visitors. The move this weekend comes as the mayor of and Hawaii's governor pushed to restart tourism in support of the local economy, despite vocal opposition from some Lahaina residents. No arrest following a deadly weekend shooting at a western Pennsylvania community center. One person was killed. More on these stories at townhall.com.
25: This is Front Porch Radio News on WKOM Columbia. Police in Cookville say 18-year-old Demarcus Hughes was killed and another person who was a minor was injured in a weekend shooting. The extent of the juvenile's injuries remains unknown. Authorities say a juvenile suspect has been taken into custody in connection with the incident. Their identity has not been revealed at this time, nor has a motive for the shooting. Crews from the Tennessee Department of Transportation worked to clear debris from a tractor-trailer that overturned on I-40 in North Nashville early Sunday morning. A spokesperson with T-DOT said the tractor-trailer was hauling bales of foam rubber to scatter it all over the overpass. Crews closed the I-65 south ramp to I-40 east at exit 84 due to the crash. Everything has since reopened. Twelve East Panaceans were in Israel Saturday morning when Hamas attacked, leaving hundreds dead and about 1,500 injured, making it one of the deadliest attacks in Israel in decades. The attack happened on the Jewish holiday known as Simchat Torah, which is normally a day of celebration when Jewish people complete the annual cycle of reading the Torah scroll. Multiple arrests made overnight in downtown Nashville regarding people selling and buying nitrous oxide in balloons to get high. Metro police were alerted by citizens of individuals selling nitrous oxide balloons for inhalation purposes. For separate arrests are made by officers at different locations late Friday night. All those arrested were charged with the sale or delivery of inhaling fumes, which is a felony. And today is Columbus Day. It's a federal holiday in the United States, with banks and post offices are closed. No regular mail delivery today. Yow! front porch forecast mostly sunny 75 today mostly cloudy 49 tonight sunny 76 tomorrow and mostly cloudy and 52 tomorrow night i'm ron jordan you're up to date and this is front porch radio news
9: reporting from jerusalem correspondent joseph Fetterman.
25: israel's
14: First priority right now is still to regain control of its southern border communities. The chief military spokesman this morning said that they had regained control, but he also said that they are conducting scans and there may still be militants roaming around the area. Just a few minutes after he made that statement,
16: they announced that there was a gunfight going on in one of those communities.
9: Meanwhile, President Biden is voicing rock-solid support for Israel after the deadly Hamas attack. White House correspondent Greg Cluxton with that report.
16: The president made it clear over the weekend that the U.S. stands by the Jewish state and that Israel has a right to defend itself. He also issued this warning.
25: This is not a moment for any party hostile to Israel to exploit these attacks to seek advantage. The world is watching.
16: Mr. Biden spoke to Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu on both Saturday and Sunday as a range of U.S. officials spoke with their Israeli counterparts. Greg Clugston,
0: Washington.
9: Also at Townhall.com, major airlines are suspending flights to Israel after it formally declared war on. Hamas.
0: American
14: Airlines, United Airlines and Delta Airlines have lifted services as the State Department issued travel advisories for the region, citing potential for terrorism and civil unrest. United says it allowed two scheduled flights out of Tel Aviv late Saturday and early Sunday. Delta adds its Tel Aviv flights have been cancelled into this week. The airline says it's monitoring the situation and making adjustments accordingly. I'm Charles Tlodesma.
9: And on Wall Street, stocks are lower the Dow down one point the nasdaq losing 64 points more at townhall.com
20: Donald trump's indictment proves that saving america is not going to be easy there are entrenched powers that are fighting this with everything they've got they want to keep control over the country the narrative and the nation's money supply hi i'm lance wall now i'm a news analyst a christian author and evangelical leader i speak to millions of people every week people just like you You see, what the elites are doing is using inflation and government handouts and now central bank digital currencies to determine how they're going to control America. And that's why I recommend all Christians start a gold IRA from the Birch Gold Group, because physical precious metals are one of the few ways you can maintain control over your own savings. To get a free info kit on gold IRAs, text the word FAITH to 989898. Birch Gold Group is the only gold company I trust. Get their free info kit, and you'll see why a gold IRA can help you. There are no strings attached. Text the word FAITH to 989898, 98 98 and you're going to be blessed by taking action right now. Now,
9: New York's mayor wraps up his trip to Latin America, calling for the right to work for migrants in the U.S. and saying countries in the region need to find a solution to the immigration crisis. Crisis, Julie Walker has more.
14: At his last stop in a port town in Colombia, where migrants start their journey to America, Mayor Eric Adams stressed two things.
21: Nothing is more humane and nothing is more American than your right to work.
14: And he says countries in the region need to work together on the migration issue.
21: To solve this
14: problem. Adams was met by chance of shame on you. Including from New Yorker Emmanuel Lazarus, who traveled to Columbia to show the mayor. Americans and New Yorkers do not support his efforts to push migrants out. Adams says the city can't handle the influx
1: of migrants. Julie Walker, New York.
9: Breaking news and analysis at townhall.com. The area around the historic Maui town, largely destroyed by wildfire two months ago, has begun welcoming back travelers.
4: The move comes as the mayor and Hawaii's governor push to restart tourism in support of the local economy, despite vocal opposition from some Lahaina residents. The websites of five hotels in West Maui show they're accepting reservations again. Eight timeshare properties are also opening across the region early this month, including some just a few miles from the devastation. The reopening falls on the two-month anniversary of the wildfires that killed at least 98 people.
9: Rich Thomason reporting. California Governor Gavin Newsom has rejected a bill that would have made free condoms available to all public high school students, arguing it was too expensive for a state with a budget deficit of more than $30 billion. California has about 1.9 million high school students. More on these stories at townhall.com. I'm John Scott.